Yeah. Epic Turn is a podcast about the hobby gaming industry, what we love and hate about, how it's evolving and changing, and other things that as gamers we're passionate about. Your hosts are Brian McLemore, that's me, and Tim Aldridge. Welcome as we take our next Epic Turn with a very special guest. Tim? Well, yes, we have a very special guest. is Mark Plemons. Mark, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Say hi to the listeners. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Um, well, my name is Mark Plemons, mm-hmm. as you said. Uh, <clears throat> started in the hobby game industry really back in the, the mid-90s, if you, if you count game store retail. <laughs> and then in 2001, I uh, got hired on with Kenzer and Company as their comic book manager. And so by um, 2011, when I was no longer with them, I'd been comic manager, art director, editor, writer, um, just a product manager, convention manager. Um, I've got last count easily over 175 products that I, I worked on or managed in some form or other. And wow. now I've got my own book that I'm working on called Corporea, mm-hmm. and it's up on Kickstarter now. Ends in about six, seven days, and I'm hoping um, <clears throat> hoping to share news about it tonight. Oh, wow. News. I like news. News yeah. is always good. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I can't remember if it was me or Tim who saw Corporea first, but yeah, we were. You did actually. You did saw I? Corporea first. Okay, yeah, I can't you, remember. You linked, it, you linked it over to me, and you're like, "Hey, I know you like Shadowrun, so you need to look at this." And I went, "Okay, <laughs> something and like then, that." Yeah. <laughs> and then I immediately went, "Oh, oh, it looks really good." Um, excuse me while I press the pledge button. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Mark. That's what I'm lucky. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I know I've pledged, uh, but. Uh, Mark, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, no. We, we talk <laughs> to Joe. It's what, it's what you do on a podcast, I think, right? Um, <laughs> no, Mark, I was going to ask you, though. So out of all the different stuff that you've worked on in the past, what would you say is the thing you're, you know, you're, you're, you're most well-known for, you're, that you w- would like to be the most well-known for, maybe? <clears throat> that That's tough. The stuff that I'm, I'm probably most known for among the, the Kinzer and company fans would be some of the Calamar stuff. Cause I co-wrote a few of the adventures and um, worked heavily on some of the later campaigns, setting supplements. Um, one of the things I'm most proud of is the art for the Hacklepedia of beasts. Uh, I was the art director on that. And also <clears throat> did a lot of work on the aces and eights RPG. Nice. And, I guess it was one more thing. Um, I wrote uh, like 30 plus issues of the Knights of the Dinner Table, Knights of the Dinner Table illustrated uh, comic book. And I had a lot of fun doing that. Nice. I, I, I that was one of my few pickups of the game store I used to have, uh, not used to have the, the place I used to go to. Um, we carried, you know, Knights of the Dinner Table and it was absolutely a great, great, great comic. So, sir, yes, awesome work. <laughs> thank uh, you that's, um, that's pretty awesome yeah 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 Ill- illustrated was a lot of fun because it it took the stuff a lot of the stuff that jolly had written for the core nights of the dinner table comic and i was able to add a lot of new stories and r- revamp <clears throat> some of the cool stuff he'd already written yeah oh sorry I, i'm just thinking about it like all some of the some of the some of the issues and i was like oh stuff is so good 
So good. <laughs> I apologize for the fanboy among us. Um, hey, hey now, hey now. That is one awesome thing about running this podcast is I get to talk to you know some of the most interesting people. Oh no, that's on top okay. that I get to talk to you know some people I fanboy over. So you stop it. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the Hacklopedia. That's a a great name for the book. And I, I, I see here there's the dogs featuring innovative dog pack mauling rules. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you might need that for the wear tigers next time, Brian. Uh, I, I, they killed you guys without any help from all, some pack rules. <laughs> anyway, just saying. But one of the big reasons we we got Mark on the show is because uh, he already brought it up. But we're going to say it again: is Corporea, Corporea, mm-hmm. Corporea. Um, you know, I will say the the tagline that was given to me is the reason why I absolutely that was the, the tagline made me continue to read the the Kickstarter, which is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, knights in Armani suits. No, knights in shining Armani. Yeah, shiny Armani suits, and that just yeah. made, that from there on out, like that's what Brian sold it to me as, mm-hmm. and I just kept reading from that point. So before I start diving into questions, I'm going to let you. I'm going to pass back off to you, Mark. Uh, you want to give like a I don't know how long like brief introduction of Corporea. Yeah, what is Corporea? Uh, well, it's a tabletop role playing game, of course. Um, do you, do you want me to, to give a little quick bit on the setting first or the rules? Cause I, otherwise you may have like 10 minutes of me uninterrupted talking. No, I'm okay um, with hey, that. Man, that's okay. We can listen. <laughs> I have more yeah. dinner to eat, so we're good. Yeah. No, actually, I want to hear both. I, yeah. I like to hear the, the unaltered, mm-hmm. you know, just give us the, the mind dump. Mark. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, I guess the elevator <laughs> pitch would be the word to start and then go from there. Okay. Well, yeah. Knights and shining, knights and shining Armani. Definitely the the really the short elevator pitch. Um, <clears throat> essentially, the knights of the round table. <laughs> you you don't know how many times I have to stop myself from saying knights of the dinner table, because I worked on that for so many years. It's so hard to. It's like, did I type it right? Did I type round? Did I type dinner? I, I, I can type? see why. I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the Knights of the Round Table are reincarnated in a near future dominated by the mega corporations. <clears throat> Lancelot is reborn as a mega corporate CEO, starts gathering together other knights and c- characters who have been affected by uh, the chaos magics that are floating around now. Um, and he's determined to restore Arthurian virtues get rid of this soulless dominating mega corporate rule that ha- keeps everybody in wage slavery and having their, their happy pills to keep them satisfied and their free internet and their cheap fast food. But the problem with that is when the Knights came back, the barriers of reality sort of weakened and chaos magics start filtering into the city as well. So you've got humans who are being mutated into classical fantasy monster types, as well as strange new forms, um, computer AIs becoming self-aware, um, and even monsters slipping through from other dimensions. So he's got to deal with not only having corporate order on one side, and magical chaos on the other side, both sides trying to control each other and King Arthur being missing. Hmm. And your characters are members of his 
organization, which he calls the Night Watch, after the Knights of the Watch, which mm. was one of the knightly orders in King Arthur's court. Mm. And <clears throat> so your characters are doing, well, whatever you, you know, you and the director decide that you want to do in your game sessions. You can do corporate espionage. You can do what I call freak of the week, which is like <laughs> X-Files or Buffy. You know, you're just, you're fighting, you're tracking down and fighting a different monster every week. Right. Uh, you could do something even like Angel season five, uh, where you, your characters are actually given a corporate department to run and you have to balance that with your monster slaying. So I tried to, <laughs> to make it a very much a, a sandbox game. Well, of all, the, of all the places I expected you to go on that one, I did not see Angel coming. <laughs> it's okay. I can roll with that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I envision what he's going with here. I, no, I no, it's great. Setting. It's great. Um, yep. You know, I, I think the, the Knights in Shining Armani is one of the things I've told, I've told several people about this game, Tim included, and everyone I've spoken that tagline to has gone in one of two directions. They either like, tell me more, I'm in love with it. Or they're like, oh, my God, what is that? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very polarizing yeah. tagline you found there. Yeah, I wish I had. <laughs> I, I considered putting it as the the main tagline for the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little concerned about um, the Armani Corporation not caring for that too much. So I, I mm-hmm. left it off. Well, we already know. That, sort that, of they, on the side. Well, we already know that all they use is chaos magic, so it's okay. It's completely <laughs> fine. We just got to form our own. Oh, wait. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you just tell me you're giving a free ad slot. I, they, maybe they'll buy that, right? They probably yeah. would. <laughs> maybe. Like, like, look, it's okay. Just give me like 10% off a suit. In, <laughs> no? Mm. I'll just use it for free then. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I, I haven't written up any like cosplay or a LARP rules, but boy, I want to see, I want to see guys at cons doing corporea. That would be amazing. <laughs> I could see it now. We, that's a Gen very con. expensive con uh, cosplay. Yeah. Getting an actual well, Armani suit. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about well, that part. But. You don't have to get Armani brand. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but but, but if you're going to do it right. Yeah. But I can see yeah. it like at Gen Con, you go to like the, you know, the RPG area and room and you just see these people in suits. You're like, what is going on? <laughs> suits, suits and swords. Perfect. Yeah. Except for when security kicks them out. Oh, yeah. That's, that's mm. you have to get the, the, the big foam swords, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. The but LARPing that, rules. Yeah. But that destroys the whole. Oh. I'd rather see someone walking around with Excalibur and just like walking through a con floor in a suit. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to see the padded sword stuff. I want to see someone like full sword walking through. Oh no. All you got to do is go into the vendor hall and buy the sword there. And they put it in one of those like zip tie holders. Oh, yeah. and, and then, you know, you're just, yeah, it's, it's, it's achieved, right? Good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what I, Tim's doing next year at Gen Con. <laughs> Well, and if I come up to Mark and be like, hey, Mark. <laughs> yeah, if you see a guy that looks a little bit like Lex Luthor in a suit with a sword, it's probably Tim. That would yeah, be great. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> sorry. So the, the setting itself, I, I kind of, you know, this 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 is a question I always love asking uh, game designers. Like, what was your inspiration for creating Corporea? Like, where did it, you know, what made you go with King Arthur in modern day? 
Well, one of my <clears throat> early inspirations um, was Camelot 3000, which was a DC Comics miniseries that came out in the early 80s. And it had Arthur and the Knights re being reborn um, in the far future, in the year 3000, to fight off an alien invasion. And I always thought that was kind of a cool concept, the Knights being reborn in a different time period. And I know other authors have touched on it as well. Um, like Peter David has a, a series of, of books about Arthur coming back and becoming president. Nice. So it's not a new topic. Well, it um, wasn't that kind of like the whole promise of the original Arthurian legends. You know, you go to sleep and you come back when the world needs you the most. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. um, when I really started working on it in late 2011, the Occupy Wall Street movement was really big in the news. Mm -hmm. um, and that was one of my my big inspirations for where the setting takes off. It's a bit like our own reality, sort of an alternate history or a alternate universe, maybe a you know a different timeline, but the sort of the genesis of the setting I was thinking was that the not the corporations um, sorry, the Occupy Wall Street movement has a very similar, uh, it's a very sim very similar occurrence to the Occupy Wall Street movement. But you have riots that get way out of hand, so much so that the corporations can actually pretend to be the victim. Hmm. And so they get more power and are, you know, <clears throat> privatized the government even more. Just their power base is able to build from that, just the riots getting way, way, way out of control. Mm -hmm. And then, so I've haven't given an exact year for the setting, but I'm. Are just you planning on giving an exact year? Up. No, I wanted to be vague about it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always for, slightly futuristic. It's always slightly futuristic. I was thinking like 2030 to 2050, somewhere in that, that okay. range. Um, but one of the problems that, you know, settings have run into like cyberpunk 2020 um, which I, I played a lot in the nineties. That was also another inspiration. Um, but you know, you get to the point where the, the technology is way out of line <laughs> with the real world. <laughs> right. Right. Um, uh, so I, I've done a lot of research on, you know, uh, modern tech and what we may be seeing in the future and the chaos magics, which are shorthand the people of the city call it the flux which is a type of solar radiation mm -hmm. or cosmic radiation i should say okay. and the corporations basically are playing off the magics as oh you know well the the governments of the past you know we took them over because they weren't doing a good job and you know that was it's all their fault because of the atmosphere and everything and they let you know this radiation's coming in now and we're working on it but, you know, just just trust us. We're working on it. And that's why people are getting mutated and, you know, things are you're, – you're hearing rumors of these strange things happening. It's just just this radiation. It's no problem. It's not, it's not um, the demons on the other side of the gate, right? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, come on, Brian. There's no such thing as demons. Come on now. No, no, no. no, no nor is there this gate of which you speak. Oh, of course not. <laughs> yeah. So the, the flux allows for um, – for essentially wild magic zones and for technology not to function in certain areas. It's very sporadic. You might have 
you know, your, your signals fail uploading to the clouds, you know, just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so people have sort of gone, taken a little step back. So technology is a little retro, at least from where it would be in the future. Mm-hmm. Technology is more like our current time period, mm-hmm. 2013. Mm-hmm. So whatever time period you're in, so if you're playing the game, if we get funded and the game, you know, keeps going and we're, you're playing this game in 2025, you know, you can still say, okay, the technology is like the technology of today because of the flux. Okay. Oh, okay. Backdated technology. Well, that's really cool. That way you're kind of keeping it always relevant and relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, seems good. Yeah. So there are, you know, there are futuristic things in the, in the, in the setting, of course, there are, um, uh, virtual, virtual phones and tablets. So you have, um, special contact lenses that let you see, you know, your keyboard and your images and a lot like Google glass, Mm -hmm. but turned into contact lenses. Right. And those, those are called iPhones. Spelled E Y E. Here's hoping you never get uh, big enough uh, so that somebody t- pays attention to that one. <laughs> Although I guess uh, if you're I, that I big, have... someone you know, there are worse problems we had, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it, it's all it's all all fiction. It's mm-hmm. Spelled differently. Yeah, it's spelled differently. Yeah. Um, and it's not and to hold then... your hand, so he sh- he should be good. He should be good. <laughs> There's no trade dress to infringe in, in the uh, in the virtual world, right? Right. Nope. Yeah. Um, and there are things like the here's another one you'll like the Excalibur mm-hmm. letter X hyphen C A L I B R E uh, as okay. in a, a focused energy pistol. Okay. So <laughs> there's there's no caliber, so it's the X caliber. Oh, gotcha. Wow. Um, Between that and the uh, tagline, I know some people that would hate this. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a bit of a groaner. Um, either like like that or hate it. There's also the the rapier uh, with a, a Y after the A, so R-A-Y-P-I-E-R. It's a, it's a ray gun, right? No, I, I read about this one. It's, it's a bit like... Um, well, it's, it's, it's essentially a like a nanomolecular blade, but you can make it glow. Mm-hmm. If you okay, yeah. Uh, so it's essentially a a it's, metal sword that glows like a lightsaber. Okay, <laughs> but it's a ray pier. Uh, uh, hold on for one second, <laughs> Willie. If you are listening to this, you may or may not want to go ahead and buy a new table because I'm assuming you have broken your table from raging out on puns. <laughs> Personally, I love it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I'm not, I'm not. Those, are, those are the worst ones in there. Those are the worst I, ones honestly, I read about the rapier earlier, and I did not catch the pun on it. I felt I feel really bad about that now because it, it's actually very good. Sorry. <laughs> and oh, speaking speaking of weapons, um, I wanted to <clears throat> point out something um, that I have been forgetting to mention. Um, occasionally mm-hmm. swords daggers metal weapons that kind of thing um in a modern setting you know the question is why am i bothering with a sword when i can pull out a pistol right and just waste this you know this demon from 30 feet away why am i bothering um <clears throat> i went back to you know fate and how the fate don't like cold iron it's essentially the same thing 
anything that's really infused with chaos magics suffers more damage from metal weapons. Okay. So it gives your characters a reason to be carrying around swords and daggers other than, you know, maybe you're playing a knight errant who just has a sense of tradition. Right. But how, how does that relate back to like, you know, metal slugs and, and guns? It's all to do with the person. It's all to do with the physical contact mm-hmm. because the characters are also infused with this chaos energy. Okay. That's what gives them their, their extra speed, strength or supernatural powers or whatnot. So in the hands of a character who has been touched by this energy slash magic, right? the weapons deal more damage against other creatures who have also been touched by it. Okay. If so it was okay. a normal guy, you know, using a sword against um, a vampire or whatever. It wouldn't do, it wouldn't do the same damage that it does in the hands of a character. All right. And I guess when the projectiles leave the guns, they, they lose that in, in, in imbument. Right. Okay. Exactly. All right. Makes sense. Yeah. Now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we didn't just catch you because that had been <laughs> awkward. <laughs> no, um, I, I remember back when I, I was reading about this initially with, uh, and I sent it off to Tim, you know, I just thought it was really cool. Um, I, I saw elements from so many different genres and games and stuff that I know I really enjoyed. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and then when I read your update about the magic system, that just made me geek out for a while. Um, my, cool. f- my, my favorite magic system in the history of RPGs is Mage the Ascension. And, uh, uh I, I think you can see what, why I like, what, what, why I geeked out over yours a little bit then. Uh, I have, I haven't played Mage, um, mm-hmm. and I have, I confess I haven't played Ars Magica either, but from what I, I know about Ars Magica, which was sort of, I've read the designer's inspiration for Mage. Okay. Um, that makes yep. that makes sense why you would like it because I wanted to go with something um, freeform mm-hmm. that still had plenty of samples for you to go by if you didn't yeah. want to create everything from scratch. Right. Yeah. Here, here are the rote examples to give you know a baseline of comparison, but after that, you can do whatever you want if you know this much of this type. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then that, when I read that about yours, I mean, I I, I really I got into it. He, cool. he had to he had to come point that out to me because I'm also a big fan of Mage and uh, I will say ours Magica is a is a very interesting system, um, but when he pointed out, I had to go back and read it. And yeah, it, I got to say, man, you got you got some gold there. Just saying, there's there's gold in the cool. their pages for <laughs> magic. Uh, as a my primary character and even like D and D and that is always a wizard, and so yeah, this I was I was extremely happy. I will say it's. Yeah, being able to have kind of a freeform magic system, I think, is really important instead of hindering—not hindering, but uh, putting players in a box, in a sense. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is my first Kickstarter, and I had so much on my mind. I wish I had promoted that more from the start mm-hmm. rather than kind of throwing it out there near the end. <laughs> but uh, we all we learn from experience. Yeah, I, I think the people like me who are fans of those kind of systems, uh, they're so few and far between, really, that especially ones that are done well, you know, that we really get into them when we define them. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking sure. of, speak, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, speaking of Kickstarter, you know, you, um, I, I think the why Kickstarter thing is probably overdone. But, um, I guess I'd really be very curious about, you know, how's it been going? What has the experience been like for you running this Kickstarter campaign? Well, it's like 
Uh, it's like I've, I've seen quite a few people say it is a lot like a second job because man, we, all, we job all need more of those, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Tim, Tim, I have another job for you. I am sure. not running sure. a Kickstarter. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's good because it probably fell. No, um, so, as you were. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a lot of work. Um, I've got gotten some good advice before I went into it, um, from some, uh, social media groups. Like there's a Kickstarter group or two on Facebook guys there have been really helpful looking at my pre-launch edition and saying, you could tweak this and, you know, cut your video in half cause it's way too long. Uh, various things like that but yeah it's it's a lot of work mm-hmm. there's uh you know updates to be done not necessarily every day but almost every day well now every day here at the end trying to think of ways to to bring in more backers so i started doing reach goals um i like the terminology that i've i've come up with i think it should become standard for kickstarter because i like it that much okay reach goals are basically like mini goals that you create to get you up to the funding level. Mm-hmm. And then stretch goals are goals that you reach beyond the funding level. Right. So I, I've seen stretch goals and reach goals used interchangeably, but I think it should be standard for reach goals to be below the goal and then stretch goals to be above it. Yeah. I noticed that you were doing that a little bit where you would uh, say, you know, when we reach 5,000, we'll do this extra thing. And I'd never actually seen that before in a project. Um, so is it just something you were trying to do to keep the buzz alive for the project or, I mean, what, what was your motivation behind that? Yeah. I just wanted to keep mo- momentum going, mm-hmm. um, you know, help give, you know, just that little more to the people who are backing. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, the one thing I think, you know, if, if, if people see goals from the start, I think you would see, you know, a lot more pledges for some projects instead of just, you know, wait until after it hits past the stretch goals. I mean, cause sometimes that's, sometimes that'll be the reason I do pledge is like, Oh, we're already past the amount. Let's see what, what I get extra if I pledge more money. So I will say, I found that really neat that you, um, that you, you did a gradual build to your funding amount and then going for more afterwards. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it works. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, I, I'm confident. I think you, I think you're going to be able to get it. So I hope so. As, as we stand right now, I think it's going to be close. Um, although most of the funding for Kickstarters comes in the first two or three days and then the last two or three days. Yeah. So yeah. we still have, uh, we still have like six or seven days to really, uh, ramp up at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, um, I'm 66% the airport and whatnot. So yeah. Okay. So, I wasn't exactly sure what it was at, but yeah, yeah. so we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Brian, cue so, the subliminal messaging for people to uh, back Corporea. I was just going to tweet it like right now. I, I thought you were going <laughs> to splice it in, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll um, do the little hypno music in the background. Yes. Like the hypno toad playing. Hypno toad. Hypno toad. Yeah. So what's surprising is when he said, uh, and he's talking about Camelot 3000, my mind went to, so it's because uh, I haven't read Camelot 3000, so my mind immediately went, wait, Futurama. King Arthur. Wait, no, bad idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. Um, so, but uh, I, I, I lost track because now I'm thinking of Hypnotoad. That's pretty bad. Um, wow. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, 
with uh with the setting uh well so people people who have not seen the kickstarter what is your your base rule system are you d20 are you d6 did you come up with your own custom i came up with my own custom um i had considered going um piggybacking on another system like d20 or savage worlds or fate or you know something else but none of them really fit what I wanted to do with Corporea. The character generation is points-based. You pick from three options, which are touched, gifted, or fluxed. And those give you point spreads to distribute in certain ways. Like touched, you get more points for core values and skills. Mm -hmm. With fluxed, you get more, you get, less of that but you can get supernatural abilities like spell casting mm-hmm. um and then the gifted are, are sort of in the middle oh, okay and so you have your point spread you apply those to your core value and skills um <clears throat> you also have traits um traits are they're a little bit like aspects from fate but i didn't want them to dominate the game like aspects do they really they supplement the dice mechanics rather than replacing them so you have four personality traits and when those come into play um you sort of barter with the game master who i call the director as to whether you want it to come into play or not and the director may be like oh i'll give you i'll give you more flux points um or you might say you know um i really want this to come into play but the director doesn't and you say well you know um, <clears throat> so you're going to barter back and forth and when you, <clears throat> and you can use flux points to, um, modify your dots, rolls, that sort of thing. And you, when you, uh, when you earn flux points or sorry, when you spend flux points, you also, you get a point for, uh, which I haven't 100% decided on the name yet. Right now I'm calling them Ability Flux Points. Um, but that's one last-minute tweak I'm going to have to make because I'm not entirely happy with that name. So when you spend Flux Points, you get an Ability Flux Point that you can use for a permanent character improvement rather than a temporary one. So it encourages you to spend your points rather than hoarding them. Hmm. Right. So <clears throat> that sort of supplements the dice because you're using Flux Points to... Um, either affect the dice or to, you know, build your character ability. Hmm. And then you have assets, which um, are things like, um, you see you see them in other games, their talents or their merits or edges. You know, you might have, um, you might be a weapon master with one particular weapon. You might have a network of contacts. You might have extra funding, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, and those are your main character abilities uh, and character generation. For gameplay, uh, I tried to make it easy to use and comprehensive all at the same time, which <laughs> wasn't too easy, but I think I managed it pretty well. <laughs> you have six core values. You've got strength, deftness, metal, wits, knowledge, and magic. And magic is important even for characters that aren't spell casting because you use it as a defense against magic okay. as well. Okay. I can see this. And, yeah. 
And then each core value has uh, usually two skills. Some of them, like knowledge, have multiple sub-skills. Uh, knowledge has humanities and sciences um, and crime and business. And with multiple sub-skills under humanities and sciences. And then magic has uh, spell disciplines under that, like schools. Okay. If you're going to be a caster or if you just want to know about those, even if you can't cast them. So you have core values and skills. When you want to make an ability check, you take a core value, add it to a related skill. Then you roll 2d6. You take the highest because your character is infused with this chaos energy and he can instinctively pick the best result. So you have core value plus skill plus a high roll on 2d6. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you roll six, you get to keep rolling and add it as long as you get more sixes on that die. Okay. And you compare that to a target number. Mm -hmm. um, those generally range from 3 to 17. Set by the director, of course. 7 or 9. Set by the director. Or it could be in a post-roll um, where you don't use a target number at all. Right. Um, so and, you, of course, if you, if you meet or equal the target number, you succeed. If you don't make it, then you fail. What happens in a tie and, and on, on an opposed roll? What's that? What happens What happens when you tie on an opposed roll? Oh, well, on an opposed roll, you ignore the... You, well, to determine the results, say you get a tie, um, you compare your the two characters' core value and skill total. Okay. Ignoring the flux dice. Whoever has the highest core value plus skill total um, is going to be the victor on that. Okay, so tie goes to stats. Yeah, okay. and if, and I, I hate to I hate to be this guy, but what happens to the stats tie? Yeah, what happens to the stats tie? <laughs> um, the director steps in and says, "You're fired." <laughs> um, you know, you're gonna hate me for this, but I honestly I don't remember what I wrote for that. I know it's in there. <laughs> I, my instinct, my instinct is to st say that it automatically goes to the defender in that case. Okay. Um, but I honestly, I don't remember off the top of my head. There's so, so much. Um, well, you only, always, you only wrote a few hundred pages, Sean, right? So yeah, yeah. I think of, I always think of Sean Connery in the Last Crusade, where he he tells Indy, "I wrote them down in my diary, so I wouldn't have to remember them." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true because it'll just be in book form, and you could be like, "I don't know, go consult the index." Come on now. That's me to a T. My memory is is iffy sometimes. So if it's written down, then I'm good. But I, I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember that one off the top of my head. But it is in the book, definitely. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll, I will say. I'll take I, your I, word I, for it. I was gonna say I don't think you should be embarrassed about that. When I would say if you, you're writing thousands upon thousands of lines, uh, in this book, yeah, just it's yeah. Good. <laughs> you yeah, can at least give us a summary. So I, think, so I, I, think I was good. that guy, and I got got told to go RTFM. I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> he can he can go consult the the manual. It, it's his work. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> um. So the so back back to that for a second. The, right. I said you add a, a core value to a related skill. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to always use the same core value plus. Okay. So, so it, um, you like, can modify it on the situation. Right. Oh, so if I was I trying like, to influence somebody by appealing to their wit, then I might be able to use my 
like intelligence type score instead of like an uh, an intimidate type check or charisma based yeah, set. I, I like to use yeah, I like to use influence as a as a good example um, because a creative player can think of various ways to use it. Right. Um, if you want to just straight up influence somebody by talking to them, you might use you just your your wit core value plus your influence skill mm-hmm. plus your role. Um, but let's say you wanted to do something different. Let's say you have a really high strength score for us. Uh, see, I was about to go with that influence through pain. So you want to game the system. <laughs> right. Yeah. You could, um, I mean, obviously you can, you know, you can attack them and do it that way. You could, let's say, bend a metal bar in them and be okay. like, I will do this to your arm. Right. You don't go along with us. What if I want to try to bribe somebody? Can I roll against my money stash? Uh, well, there's no money statistic. Oh, okay. Well, um, why not? But you could just give them money. <laughs> and, well, uh, if I if I flash like an Amex black, are they just going to be like, yeah, whatever, that's cool. There, I got, I got are, you. <laughs> there are black cards in the uh, in the system. Actually, I don't call them Amex, but yeah, oh, yeah. black so, cards are uh, off so, the books. So my first session, I steal Lancelot's credit card. Done. <laughs> and then you run. You just keep running. <laughs> yeah. It turns into a cat and mouse game from there. Why not? <laughs> so uh, this is something that's been on my mind. So uh, how you presented it to us is uh, we're a group working for Lancelot. Is there uh, ideas running around in your head to maybe uh, play for your maybe another night forms, another corporation or getting into that political intrigue that was part of the Aetherian legends? Like, maybe working for, you know, someone else or maybe working for the, the evil side, the chaos side. Yeah. Can I, can I go be yeah, one of Mads knights? Exactly. <laughs> There's a couple of character archetypes that I think are well suited to that. There's the headhunter who is essentially your assassin type, um, corporate recruiter by day and assassin by night. Right. And then of course there's the suit who are like junior executives of the city mm-hmm. and <clears throat> those two are you know particularly good choices if you wanted to play a character with secret motivations which is where the traits come in as well because you have three public traits and one private traits so you have three traits that are kind of obvious about you that anybody can kind of see but then you have this one secret private trait which could be you're secretly working for another corporation um, you'll betray your friends for power um, whatever you want to come up with. I mm-hmm. have um, a lot of samples based on um, astrological signs. Yeah, I okay. saw those. Those, so, those looked really neat. <laughs> Sorry. I, I actually don't think I saw those. <laughs> I may have missed oh, that I one. Oh, I did. I've been, I've been perusing the PDF and yeah, yeah I, I saw those. I don't know if away. you ever sent that to me, did you? I did. It's on our Dropbox. Oh, okay. I, I looked at I it and I was, I, it made me go, ooh, he, he brought that in. Sorry. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm glad you like it. That it was just something I thought, okay, you know, I want to add the traits in. What's a good way to give like a sample chart and what's a good way to, to have personality traits that is sort of modern and medieval at the same time. I thought, okay. Well, I'll just, you know, I'll have this listing of everything by astrological traits. And the great thing about astrological traits too, is there are 12 of them. Mm-hmm. So you can create them yourself. 
You can cherry pick them off this big list, or you can roll a D12. Okay. Yeah. Wait, that means I have, I to have like more than D. That means I have to have more than a D6 to play this. Yeah, you use 2d6 for the core mechanic, but <laughs> there are other dice used, like weapons. Uh, you might have strength plus 1d4 for, okay. say, a dagger, or strength plus 1d6. Yeah, just, know, just ignore me, weapon. man. I was just being facetious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Yeah, uh, that, I, I like it. I like the whole idea that uh, you can randomize. And if I, like, for people, you know, from running con games, one thing I found uh, the hardest part for my job is writing the adventure was never hard because, you know, when you're in a con game, you know, you're giving them something very linear to play out. Uh, but I always had trouble creating the characters because so, I would sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to start making this, you know, this mage. And then I'm like, crap, I would do this. I do this like, no, no, stop, stop, stop. So the fact that you have a chart on there, I could just go like, and you're a Taurus. Okay, we're good. Uh, here's all your stats. Here's all your trades. Yay, we're done. So that, that, that's, that's great from a, from a uh, GM or in the corporea form, the director side. That, yeah. I got to say that that's awesome, like to help us to help speed along the prep work. Okay. Yeah, so I also put in um, a sample sample stats for every character archetype as well, specifically for that reason. Nice. I, I saw that. That was that was nice. Uh, okay, so, so I'm going to indulge here for a second, because you know, I'm an Aries, right? So let's see. Public is adventurous, aggressive, arrogant, easily bored. Yeah, okay. Uh, easily offended. Energetic, <laughs> foolhardily generous to friends, headstrong, impatient, independent, Insecure, optimistic, selfish, short-tempered, strike-first, upbeat, and visionary. So I would pick three of those yeah. if I wanted to roll in Aries. Is that basically what that would yeah, boil down could, to? Yeah, I mean, you don't. Ha- it's just a general guideline. So oh yeah, yeah. I'm talking about if I'm following the, if I'm following the it, template. I'm not enforcing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could you could pick pick three of those um, if okay. you want to do it, you know, like that, or you could create three of your own if none right. of those appeal to you. Okay, and then the private ones are addict, death wish, gambling problem, guilty conscious, or orphan. Well, that's a dark side. <laughs> so is the intention of the private ones always be kind of like, hmm, uh, you really don't want other people to know this? Usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it may be just something that you're, you might be, you might have a personal, might be a, a personal issue for you. Yeah, um, like Gemini steals from friends. Yeah, will affect the other characters. Right. Well, I, so you know, I mean, could it be like um, soft-hearted or you know, cries at romantic comedies? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if we play this and you do that, Brian, I am just going to bring over a laptop and just put romantic <laughs> comedies on and be like, "Oh, popcorn, nom nom." Hey, how you feeling there, Brian? <laughs> Everyone else around the table, like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I gotta admit, I, I now because Brian had to do that, I had to go look, and uh, I'm reading him going, "Ah, oh, crap, crap, crap." And then we get to privateness as afraid of needles. I went, "Crap." <laughs> <laughs> Too close honestly, to home, my friend. That is a huge close to home. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely afraid of needles. I have a huge phobia of needles. That just made me go, blah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think everybody's going to get a kick out of going through and reading their, their traits according to your, uh, your, your, uh, your system there. Well, let's see. Yeah, I, I was, oh, I was I, just going to say, really at, pleased. Mm-hmm. 
Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. No, you guys uh, both. Was, hold on, hold on. Okay, we, but we started at the same time. I'm going to count to right, three. You go ahead. No, no, no you go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you go ahead. Okay, fine. Mark, you get to start. Who's on first? Okay, third base. Third base. Um, I was just going to say, I, I'm really pleased that everybody seems to really like the astrological traits layout. I am, am pleased and surprised because I thought, oh, well, that's just that's a neat way to do it. But um, yeah, even from the, the early playtest, versions people like wow i really like that that's cool and i'm like oh okay great i didn't i didn't expect that kind of reaction yeah so you you thought it was like a gimmicky little you know tidbit and they're like i really like this yeah does that ever make you feel creepy when you're running across something like that no that that makes me feel good (laughs) okay okay yeah because i I think the reason i like it is because you know some of those do kind of fit you know are hit close to home um you know i definitely have the personality where I know I could have an addiction problem if I didn't stop myself from spending all my money on cards, but, um, or something like that. But, you know, it's, uh, so some of those things are, you know, it's obvious that you took into account what, you know, popular astrology theory and everything says about these type of people. And I don't know. I think, I think it's pretty cool. I, I got to admit, I, yeah. I think that is like a really neat feature. That's actually one thing I've been the more and more like, since you, since you provided us a preview copy, which again, thank you, Mark. Um, sure. And I've been looking over it. It, it. It's a really very neat and rich system, which, again, I'm I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm blown away, but it is one of those things. I'm like, you know, when I the, the tagline sold me, but now now getting my hands in seeing this preview, like I, I can't believe you're not already. What I'm saying is I can't believe you're not like reaching for like your like tenth stretch goal. It's just so well done. Well, Tim, all I gotta <laughs> do is go and update your donation, and he can be right there. <laughs> um no <laughs> but i mean i but mean seeing would be believing yeah no right but yeah. no i mean like uh looking over things it, it's just that it, the layout's pretty much really well done mm-hmm. uh, i actually I, really the, enjoy the art style yeah the real life pictures is kind of neat because some of them like the what, what was the one i was looking at that made me laugh the most um uh, for me i think oh, it, the laughing i think it was the sample zero photo Oh no, my, mine was the suit, and it says, "Now do you have time to discuss my raise?" And he has two pistols raised. I'm like, "Oh, that, that <laughs> is messed to home. up." Too close to home. No, no, um, it's like that is messed up and awesome and same time. I'm sorry. The, the zero is like this, you know, kind of crazy looking guy that with like a drill that's blurry because it's so close to the camera, and it says, "When the world's getting sucked into hell, you got to work a little overtime." So, I mean, that's going to bring me to the next question from reading this. There's actually, you know, I have a list of a couple of things I wanted to ask is where did you get the people to do this? Like that, like, that's like one of my primary questions. Like just the, some of the pictures I'm like, okay, the, like the guy hanging off the building with the gun pointed down. I'm like, oh, that had to be really weird for people walking by. <laughs> Yeah, because we assume yeah, all of these of, are live action and no Photoshop uh, was done. Of, of course, yes. <laughs> uh, well, a lot of the 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 non photographic stuff um, I did myself, like the a lot of the corporate logos and and various things like that. Um, mostly um, for the photographs is a lot of of research in into the internet because there are there are a lot of talented people out there who are what they call micro stock photographers mm-hmm. and they supply art for, you know, these, these various stock photo websites. Okay. But they also have websites of their own where they have work that, ha- you know, that they, 
that you can't find elsewhere or, you know, if you want to contact them to talk about things. Um, there was one, one guy in particular. Um, I, I have a few favorites. Um, there's a, an artist named whose name I'm going to, to butcher because he's uh, European, but I believe it's Andreas Pidias. And um, we'll bleep that out. The, don't worry. The night that I used on the cover and a couple other pieces that are in the book. I really like his stuff. Um, his, his website actually is nedronphoto.com um, where you can go and see a lot of his stuff. But mostly it was just a lot of looking on the internet and trying to find good micro stock photographers and you know, just seeing what I could come up with. Yeah, I think you found some really good ones. Um, you know, like the one of the, the one you used in some of the promotional artwork with the, the chick with the claw in the shower. Um, yes, that one's really cool. I also like the sam- the one that you have behind Sample Sorcerer. I think it was, yeah, the the chick with the blue and red hair, orange hair, like the yeah. wraps around her hair. Anyway, that that was just an awesome looking photo. Yeah, that one. Uh, I'm not sure the version you have. It may just have a plain white background behind her. the The newer version has more of a more of a fade behind it, which which looks better. Yeah, hope, hope you don't mind us talking about these various things we're seeing in your preview copy. No, not at all. That's okay, why okay. I said it. All right. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, yeah, the one I have does have just a uh, a plain white background. But uh, no, just really cool looking photo. And I mean, I can tell some of it was special effects, I think. But, yeah, still really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think she actually has all that, like, you know, nano, <laughs> nano wire over or anything. So, yeah, a lot of these people are they're really talented uh, photoshoppers as well as being photographers oh yeah well, i think it's a prerequisite for being on the internet now that's <laughs> true yeah, yeah. <laughs> have to have skill in photoshop yeah which is why i can't actually go on the internet is that the reason <laughs> yeah because oh. I, I it takes me three days man and i make an ugly looking square box oh and yeah. uh, I, I forgot mean, you, about that you, you've seen our our website artwork haven't you yeah that was on me yeah i know i'm aware yeah, I'm but, so no, I mean, that, but no i mean i gotta say man like i said I love where this is going. So mm-hmm. I really hope that like, I want to see more supplements for it already. Um, the reason like I haven't dived beyond the, to the point of like rolling my own character is, as you said, this is a preview copy and there are things that change. So it's kind of like one of those, you, you see the, you see it from afar and you're like, I really want to play that man can, can hurry up and come out now. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and it seems like you really are like that 95% there, which is, is really awesome to see. Yeah. I was reading on, uh, in one of my many, many research hours that I spent going into it. Um, and afterwards, um, apparently the, the average Kickstarter project is all, only about 103% funded. Um, wow. you have, you know, your, you have your occasional, you know, your breakthroughs like the, the new Monty cook and the uh, Cordell project, the strange, which is like half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then you have the stuff that can't even make like a thousand. Yeah. But when you average it all out, supposedly it's, it's about 103%. So. Mm-hmm. I remember they, they released a lot of stats on Kickstarter and there was, it seemed, it seemed like, you know, the majority of projects got funded. But it may have been a pretty slim majority, if I remember right. Yeah, once you hit fifty percent, your odds 
Um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of research on it. I don't remember all the numbers, but yeah, oh, I'm you, sure. If, like if you do really well in the first few days, you know, then your chances go up to like eighty percent. And there's there's so much so much uh, mm-hmm. numerology about it almost. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure someone would say statistics, but I I doubt that's the case. <laughs> um, I, I know you seem to have it's a really like, like stuff, chaos magic in here to call it numerology. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I hope your uh, stat check there works out well for you. Remember to take the higher of the two dice. Um, yeah, I, I know that during your first few days, it seemed like things were going really good and then it slowed down a little bit. So I'm, I'm really hoping we get that last, uh, you know, $4,300 here. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, like I said, that's the typical, the low in the middle. So hopefully we'll get a, a nice push at the end and, and push us over. Most of the, the the funding amount that I need is going towards the production, right? Um, the, the actual art. the actual printing and stuff like that, or I, the printing, the you know the shipping, the packaging. Mm-hmm. So much of it is going into the hardcover because I want to make it really you know as nice as I can. Oh yeah, makes sense. I mean, I will say I I do like having hardcovers on my bookshelf. I, I am not a fan of mm-hmm. you know soft covers. So. Well, I mean, I mean, look at us. We've been running Pathfinder lately, and there's probably twenty books around the table. Even though I'm using my laptop on the PRD all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get <laughs> yeah. So speaking of Pathfinder, I, I, I'm always curious about this. Like, uh, Mark, what are you playing besides? I mean, I, I'm assuming you know you're you're doing a lot of playtesting at Corporea. Right, but what I don't is, think he's played it yet. Oh, <laughs> well, that might be true. That might be true. Um, that might be. What, um, what else? We've seen worse faux pas from uh, publishers. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, like, what else are you playing? Like, uh, I'm really curious. I actually, I haven't played anything in about, I want to say, in about a year. Um, just because I've been so busy, and I have a, a new nine-month-old baby girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, congratulations. Very thank you. Congrats, sir. Uh, new ish anyway. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's Sli- slightly used. You can you know, put her in the slightly used section on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, the last thing I was I was playing before <laughs> I, I got preoccupied wow. this last year was was uh, Werewolf. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, which uh which uh, version? Uh first edition or second edition? Second. Oh nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I haven't uh, played Werewolf in forever. I, I only played a little yeah. bit of it. Yeah, that was that's the first time I had played it. Actually, I played some uh, a lot of vampire back in the nineties, of course. Well, as, as you do, yeah. I was to say, I think that was the latest craze for everybody was playing vampire yeah. in either LARP version or straight up tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you trying to yeah, say, Tim? Tabletop, tabletop for me. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any hair to grease back or, or dye black. <laughs> oh, but, you, but, can you, but I'm sure you could juke like the best of them. I could do that. Um, Brian, just stop. Okay. I'll, I'm going to go sit in the corner and let you guys finish up. <laughs> Timmy, you're not nice. Yeah, I know. But uh, it's just always curious because, you know, the, the one thing with, doing any kind of, you know, either game design or programming design, it's always interesting to see, you know, what people are playing. Cause you know, in some way that influences some of the decisions you make, you know, you're like, wow, I really like how that works, but this is how I would do it better. So I just, 
No, no. I think also like the absence of influence can be kind of interesting because it lets the, you know, the uh, synthesis of all those things you've played over the years kind of take shape rather than being shaped heavily by whatever you're doing right now. True. Very true. Yeah. 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 It was definitely a lot of what I played over the years. Um, uh, the original Deadlands system uh, was uh, a big influence as far as um, having target numbers and having characters that um, there are a few characters that have supernatural abilities and then the rest are just, you know, really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. As I was playing and then running, um, marshalling Deadlands for a few years. Right. And then there was cyberpunk, like I think I mentioned, and yeah. vampire. Of course, for the last um, 10 years or so, it's been mostly uh, the Kinzer and Company products, Hackmaster 8 and Aces and 8s. And after Hackmaster and Aces and 8s, I was like, I want to do something less complicated because those <laughs> those are good games. They are, they are really heavily uh, rules intensive. So I wanted to go with something uh, with like a, a unified mechanic that is – a lot less complex. Very cool. I, I will say I, I played a lot of Hackmaster. Uh, God, what edition was it? Oh man, uh, like early two thousands. Um, oh man, in this case, it, it, my basically the what sold out me. My friend, like, look at this critical hit chart. Oh my, yeah. this <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. I'm sold. Yeah, that D10,000 chart, that uh, oh. I was like, oh, <laughs> it makes my brain hurt now. I'm like, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> so you just build a program to just give you everything that you need. <laughs> give me D27. You get eaten by a dragon. Where was the dragon? I don't know. He was there. Don't worry about it. But no, Hackmaster was. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a good game. But yeah, I wanted I wanted something that went in the other direction after all those years being brought in rules yeah makes sense i mean like i said it's a very streamlined system i like the whole just 2d6 take the higher seems good seems good pretty pretty fast paced um that's going to get a little bit more into uh like uh, what you've seen for playtest like are are, does is combat very elaborate or do you does it go pretty quick i think it goes i think it goes pretty quick i use um turns and rounds Mm -hmm. basically everybody gets you know a turn in order of uh, whip plus instinct the fastest character goes first and then we go to the next character and so on and then once everybody's had a turn then and then we go to the next one. Oh, okay okay so but i'm um are you seeing like maybe six five six are you doing like are you putting are you putting a rule in for like for those those rule lawyers where a turn is six seconds or is it just just get it done whenever you know as soon as you make a decision i prefer the just get it done but yeah there is a there is a uh, a 10 second, wow. 10 seconds on turn. Yeah. Well, it's all up to the director anyway, but you know, there are some people that like to argue the whole, you know, you have to make your decision now. So no, that wasn't the, what the whole six second thing was uh, for me and Pathfinder and D 20 anyway, you know, the six second thing was more about um, this, you know, this is how long of an action you're taking. So if you're shooting three arrows in six seconds, that's pretty cool. I've had the GM be like, you had to have your decision when it was your turn. You had six seconds to tell them what you were doing. So I, I, that just uh, that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. Uh, yeah, I think that's all. Uh, that's all table rules. Yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah. 
Okay, Tim, Tim for now on an argue table, you have six seconds. Everyone else can take as long as they want. <laughs> I'm Deal? playing a, I'm playing a monk. It doesn't matter. I just punch things. <laughs> you, you want to talk? No, nah, I'm just gonna punch him. <laughs> but this yep, was yep. her mother. <laughs> oh. I punched her. I punched her. It was, it was appropriate at the time. <laughs> but I mean, that that's interesting to see. You go go from like you said, a heavy complex system to a very lighter, a very lighter, more uh, streamlined system. So again, so like we, had, you know. Yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. Like I had a train of thought and it was there and I was going on it and it just fell off the tracks. You're welcome. That's okay. My my trains sometimes run up into the woods after deer. They're they're so far off the track. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> Shiny. Yeah. Well, I, this has been a lot of fun. Oh, excellent. That's yeah. what I like to hear. Yeah, I mean it. It it only reaffirms that I I, I made a right decision backing the project. I'll yeah. say that you know, so. and I, I really hope that one way or the other, whether it funds or not, that we get to see see and play this in its final form. Yeah, uh, if if it doesn't fund, I have I have post Kickstarter plans, but you know, hopefully we'll have this. Well, we don't need to go into those too much. I just I'm glad to know they're there. Yeah, because it's kind of okay. It, yeah, it's you're not f- getting them. No. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> good. Hey, let, yeah. Hey, let's put it this way. I already have a preview copy. I'm just saying if things go bad, I can still play this game. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just go for the highlighted parts and rewrite that part if it doesn't make sense. Um, there you go. Yeah. That is saying that we really hope so. I mean, I, I don't see why you won't hit the goal. It, again, it's a superb system just mm-hmm. from everything we've seen. So, I mean, ah, I can't say anything more. Yeah, I mean, well, you're, you're, please, you're, listeners, please go back this Yeah, project. he's only $4,308. So if every one of our listeners gives like $1,200, then, you know, he'll make it. Barely. Maybe. That was a math joke. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you're bad at math jokes. Aww. Anyway, but no, I mean, like I said, really excited, Mark. It mm-hmm. looks really good. Now, so. there, there is one thing I'm not going to let him get get out of here without telling us, though. Uh-oh. Okay. Is it his favorite? His favorite drink, or you know, what's his favorite candy? No, that's just kind of weird. Um, no, he at the beginning he said he hoped to share some news about Corporea, and I'm kind of curious what he was talking about. Um, I I did say that, which may mean you need to have your your finger on the edit button because what I I meant was just to share the news about Corporea with your listeners who haven't uh, heard about it yet. Uh, I didn't actually. I don't have any. Breaking news for you. Well, is there any like non-breaking news you can make up on the spot? Well, yeah, I can. Okay, maybe that was special. I, <laughs> I want to be special. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe if it's uh, maybe if it's cool with you guys, I will name a business in the city. I'll call it the Epic Turn. There you go. Oh, that would That's be epic. epic. Yeah. Epic Turn Incorporated. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it. Man. I'll t- uh, All I, was, right. I wasn't fishing for that. I was more yeah. like saying, you know, you could be like, yes, there are there are gun swords. Oh, gun swords. <laughs> this is not Final Fantasy VII, the RPG. Oh, no, right. sorry. No gun swords. No gun but sword. I can I can definitely put in an, an epic turn incorporated or something along those lines. No, if, if well, you wish to, that, that, that would be great. But if it's completely up to you. Yeah, I was just hoping for some some corporeal news. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, Mark. It's been no. dude, it's been great to have you on on the show. Uh, this is where we do the lightning round, where we put uh, two minutes on the clock. Brian, if you'll go ahead and get that set, and no. uh, this is where we just let you do whatever you want, Mark, for two minutes. I think we've been letting him do that for like the last forty five. It's uh, man, Brian, you just ruin all my fun. Gotta have a hobby. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, no, uh, but yeah, tell, tell us uh, any last plugs you'd like to make, please. All right, sure. Uh, well, I wanted to point out that there is a 17-page preview PDF on the Kickstarter page. Okay. So people can go check that out and see some more details about the system and what the various chapters contain. Um, I also put up a flip-through video that I recorded on my computer the other night. It's basically I just recorded my screen capture on Photoshop, not Photoshop, um, Acrobat, and just went and I flipped through all the pages, um, like two, two, three seconds, uh, a flip. And so you can actually see the entire layout and the pages. sort of slightly low res. So um, it's not a substitute for the PDF, even if you had the patience to hit pause and read every single page. So, so I can't just like uh, screen and did, capture and print every every flip? Yeah. Aww. And I did blur out the Game Master chapter a little bit. So you can see the layout and the art a bit, but you can't read any of the secrets. I see Aww. what you did there. Those are, those are both up. I like that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Mark, uh, you're such then, a tease. <laughs> well, and if you uh, if you still can't get enough of me, you can go to today's update and laugh at my outtakes for the Kickstarter video because I put those up. I, I saw the link to that. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. I will have to do that. Uh, you, you can skip that, I think. <laughs> I, I, I already watched it. Um, I had a good laugh or two. I recommend checking it out. I don't know. Should, should, I, should I watch it? Yes, you should. Okay. I guess I have to. Listeners, then. you should also watch it. Yes, you should, listeners. Yes, you should. <laughs> listeners. Yes, we're talking to you. Go go watch it. Anyway, no, um, and we're going to put links to the Kickstarter, uh, to some of these videos you're talking about. We'll put those in the show notes. Um, don't, which, don't feel like you have to link the outtakes, but. <laughs> oh, it's no. Gonna, that's okay. Correction. We're only linking the outtakes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All the show notes are going to be 10 links to nothing but the outtake video. Yes. It's, yes. Yeah. We, we can turn yes. this into a new Rick roll, I swear. Um, no, but exactly. yeah, uh, all these will be in the show notes, which, um, Tim, where do we put the show notes again? Uh, I, I don't know if Mark's ready yet. So Mark, I, I'm going to, I will, I will say that at the end, Brian, cause Mark Aww. could drop some new bombs on us. So Mark, I, th- I thought he dropped the base. Yes. Mark. No, no base. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tim. I got, I got nothing. Oh, don't worry. We have nothing either. So uh, one thing, uh, Mark, can you tell us where people can find you on the internet if you wish to be found? Sure. Uh, my main website right now is brabblemark.com. Okay. And that has links to the Kickstarter page and also to my blog and my various social media links. Oh, very cool. So we can find you on Twitter, Facebook, Google plus Instagram, Pinterest, right? All those. Most of those. Yeah. Uh, Facebook and and Twitter, I'm on. Um, Twitter, I ha- I have so many social media accounts that I, I have started lately because of the Kickstarter. Um, It'll so do yeah, that Facebook, you Twitter, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm either Plebotomus or Brabblemark. And then on I'm on Tumblr and I'm on Pinterest and I have my blog and he has a link. He has a link to his LinkedIn. Yeah. So basically, if you want to stock Mark. Go to Brabble Mark. It's very easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Anyway, now this just went down a darker path. I'm sorry. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <sighs> stalking, Brian. Stalking. Uh, gotta have a hobby. 
Yeah. Anyway. No, not really. Um. <laughs> but no, seriously, Mark, thanks for being on the show. Been a great guest. We're really looking forward to Caporia. I hope everybody is too. And we hope that in a couple of weeks we can do a little bit of follow-up and say, guys, it's done. It's there. And we're moving on the stretch goals. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> At least that's our hope. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, absolutely. It has been a blast. And thank you so much for coming on, Mark, and, and talking to us about this wonderful creation of yours. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, no. So I guess it's time for Tim to do the outro. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. I don't really want to go. Yeah. That's okay. Well, guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of Epic Turn. You can find the show notes and everything, you know, Mark has mentioned about the video and I mean about Carporia, not just the video, though that's our main highlight. It's going to yes. be a big, bold, watch this first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to figure out a way to embed it on your iPhone. Sweet. <laughs> yes. yes. We're, we're going to make it to where actually that's the first thing you listen to when you uh, load this podcast, we'll load up the episode. You're just going to hear the video. It's going to be Mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we found our pre-roll. Yeah. <clears throat> But no, seriously, you can find the show notes at epicturn.com forward slash episodes forward slash 18. And as always, you can find us at Epic Turn or you can find your host, Brian, at Kelton or me at Telshin. Uh, as always, please remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. We love, you know, getting the feedback and, you know, hearing from our listeners. Until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season and thanks for joining us. Bye. Toodles. All right. Just pulling up your Kickstarter just so I have it in front of me. Also, the book that you so kindly sent me. Been reading through it. It's uh, pretty interesting, I got to say. I like the concepts you're going with. Tim, save it for the show. I will save it for the show, but come on now. (laughs) This is called pre-roll, Brian. Pre-roll. I know, I know. know. Trust me, I I understand. Uh, Now, uh, Mark, we have what's called karaoke hour. Um, You're going to have to have a prepared song halfway through the show for the break. I'm just letting you know this ahead of time. Oh, uh, well, I have plenty of baby songs <laughs> ready. Uh, yeah, see, he didn't warn the last guy and we just got like chopsticks for 10 minutes on, on like a finger <laughs> drum solo. It was pretty, it's pretty sad. <laughs> oh, that's not funny. Cause it's <laughs> true, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <clears throat>